0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. And this is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and we reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2010's Skyline, directed by the brother Strauss. Starring Eric Balfour, Scotty Thompson, Brittany Daniel, and Donald Faison. Skyline is the 2010 alien invasion science fiction film. The film currently holds a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Strange lights
1: descend on the city of Los Angeles, drawing people outside like moths to a flame where an extraterrestrial force threatens to swallow the entire human population off the face of the earth.
0: Okay, Martin, Skyline! What's your history with this thing? I
1: actually thought that I had seen this movie previously, and upon further inspection and the actual viewing of the movie, I had come to the conclusion that, no, I have never seen this movie. Then what the hell of- did you see? I saw Battle for Los Angeles.
0: Oh, so you- <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the same
1: thing, right? You know what? This brings up like a really good point. I think so many extraterrestrial or alien-related movies have come out in the past five years, and especially now in the past six to eight months, that it's getting like almost muddled for me. I can't keep up.
0: Well, you know, Martin, that's funny you should say that because off the top of my head, I can think of the alien themed things, not necessarily invasion, just like alien things. So let me see. Let me see if I can remember any of these things. Uh, District nine, knowing the fourth kind, transformers, monsters, skyline, super eight, battle, of Los Angeles, cowboys and aliens attack the block and an upcoming darkest hour battleship. The thing men in black three, Apollo 18. And on TV, there's V and falling skies.
1: That's off the top of your head. Wow. That's not rehearsed at
0: all. No, wow, not at all. That was very impressive. That, thank you. You know, I'm on that <laughs> limitless drug. <laughs> Why do you think Hollywood has such a fascination with aliens these days?
1: I actually think that Hollywood recycles plots over and over again. For the most part, people are going to always have like a similar interest in different subject matter and it gets worn out over time and so they have to cycle them over and over again and we're back on an alien thing again. That's how it seems to me.
0: It was zombies then vampires right? Right. now we're back to aliens. Here's my theory for why we keep having these damn alien invasion movies. We got this. Battleship. and Yeah, Battleship is coming out. So here's my theory as to why there's all these alien invasion movies. So there's the Red Dawn remake coming out and originally the villains was like North Korea. I think that was the villains in that. Right. But then they the North Koreans got into a big uproar and they made them change it. And they changed it to some other nondescript country or whatever. I don't know. We live in an age where we can't have these clear-cut villains anymore, like the Russians, like we used to have in the 80s. So we have to manufacture these fake villains. And what better than aliens from outer space? Let's do what we always do at the top of the show and uh, discuss the actors and see how you thought they did.
1: I feel like this is pointless. Yeah, this is, this is an exercise in futility. <laughs> this is an exercise in stupidity, actually. This is like really almost, there is no point even to Were
0: there it. actors in this movie?
1: No. <laughs> there you go. We just finished it.
0: <laughs> There's at least one person in this movie I want to talk about, and that's Donald Faison. Dr. Turk from Scrubs. You love this guy. I was so pleased and that guy was in it. And the whole time I was like, oh man, <laughs> it's, it's Turk. Do- it's Donald Turk. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Turk. I hope he doesn't get killed. <laughs> He's a surgeon. He's a surgeon. Yeah, yeah. He's on top." So yeah, he's the only guy I know, but apparently the hero was from 24. Yeah, so these these actors, I use this term loosely, were poor, to say the least. Am I being unfair?
1: I feel like if this was uh, a primetime drama on NBC or ABC or one of the other main network television channels, this acting would not fly at all.
0: I feel like this acting is about half a notch better than how you and I would do if we were, <laughs> if we were acting. We can't act for
1: shit, so... If anyone has ever seen a sci-fi original movie, this is very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This Uh,
0: movie reeks of sci-fi channel original movie. I would play Skyline right up there next to Raptor Island and Man What about Sharktopus? Yeah, Mega Crocodile versus Gatoroid (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, so pretty much we paint everybody with the same brush. Okay. Garbage. Moving on. Martin, let me give you a brief history of Skyline. And I'll tell you this right this. I think the history of this movie is more interesting than the actual movie itself. The film was completely financed by Colin and Greg Strauss. Without the assistance of any major studio, the physical production only cost $500,000. With all the visual effects, the total budget was around 10 to 20 million. Most of the action was shot in the high-rise condo in which one of the directors lived. In August 2010, it was reported that Sony Pictures Entertainment was contemplating legal action against Greg and Colin Strauss, the directors of Skyline and the owners of I can't I don't even know how to pronounce their Production studio company. company. It's like Hydraulux. H Y D R A U L X. Hydralau? Hydralux, Hydrox, Hydraulix, Hydraulics. Oh, all right, fine. Hydrau See, that's the danger of of giving your company a wacky spelling. People are going to be like, what? Sony paid Hydraulics to generate visual effects work for Battle Los Angeles, but Hydraulics never informed Sony the siblings were directing a rival alien invasion feature, similarly driven by special effects. Scheduled for release four months prior to Sony's feature, a rep for the Strauss brothers issued a statement. Any claims of impropriety are completely baseless. This is a blatant attempt by Sony to force these independent filmmakers to to move a release date that has long been set by Universal and Relativity and is outside the filmmaker's control. On March 17th, Sony released a statement dismissing the arbitration against Hydraulics and the Strauss brothers, citing that after the discovery phase, they were satisfied that none of the Battle Los Angeles visual effects were used in Skyline. The Strauss brothers stated, We're glad to put this behind us. We've been honored to work with several wonderful SPE projects in the past and look forward to future collaborations. The brothers Strauss insist that they will film a sequel with their own money and try to find a distributor to release it. Let's uh, dive into this thing, Skyline. Where should we begin?
1: So this movie opens up with a very intense and kind of hokey-looking blue light effect shining through this very expensive high-rise condominium. You know, I,
0: I agree with you. That blue light effect, when I saw it in the trailer, it looked cool, but on TV, it looks cheap. Yeah, it It's does. like YouTube quality special effects, like some After Effects yeah. tutorial. It looks fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fake. Especially given like what we see later in the movie, you know like what? this seems really poor.
1: It looks very amateur. You have the protagonist and his- uh, Girlfriend. His, his baby's mama, or soon to be baby's mama- He essentially gets out of bed uh, to check out this bizarre light. You get this bizarre effect, which we're going to see throughout the entire movie, where it it almost looks like a character's blood is being boiled by this really hokey blue light effect.
0: Throughout the course of this movie, there's this mysterious blue light in the distance. Whenever anybody looks at it, they get mesmerized. Their eyes turn milky white. Yeah, like they have cataracts. Yeah, and like their blood vessels or something start to show on their skin. It looks black and diseased.
1: And they're essentially drawn to it, like insects are drawn to a bug zapper.
0: So right then and there, that's kind of an interesting idea. You got to give them that. No, no, no. The
1: idea itself is very cool.
0: Yeah, so this movie starts off just like a lot of movies these days where it's like, oh, let's jump in later in the movie. And then like, well, the movie starts off uh, one day earlier. Yeah, Er one day earlier. That's another kind of cliche screenwriters thing. You know, you got to grab your audience immediately. And while I was watching
1: the movie, I was upset that they did that. Yeah, you're tired of this. I'm tired of it. And they did it so prematurely. If they had set up the end of the movie and then went back and explained all of the aspects to it, I would have been okay with that. Because
0: what was shown in the beginning is really of no consequence. What you want, you want more like a limitless thing or like an inception where you're shown like this big mystery. Exactly. Like, and then, and then you, you got to get to it.
1: Yeah. You actually build your way into it.
0: Whereas in this movie, what, it's just, what you're shown is kind of inconsequential. So after this introductory sequence, the movie kicks off proper. The best way I can describe it is that the beginning of this movie is very reminiscent of Cloverfield, where it's just like a party. All these young, successful people are... Having a, a party
1: to me, it was like Cloverfield meets Entourage.
0: So uh, apparently, I found this out after looking it up because I don't remember them saying this in the movie. D- Dr. Turk from Scrubs, he owns a special effects company. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I, th- I thought he was like a um, I musician, I thought he was an actor, an actor or yeah, something. Yeah. But I do remember them saying at one point, like You got the eye, you got the gift to and, and, and A computer is just a tool, or right? Whatever. Right, right, So our hero and his girlfriend, they come to visit Dr. Turk, who is apparently a special effects guru. He owns his own company. Turk says to him, Hey man, I want you to come out to LA and be a part of my company. I'll pay you a ton of money. You could our- literally do whatever you want and follow your dream. I'm giving mean, you creative freedom. And I'm going to pay you a ton of cash. It's and like and I'm going to pay for your house. And I'm going to give you a million bucks. Come on out here. Be my friend. But Joel, I don't know how to use a computer. Don't worry.
1: I'll teach you. It's I'll just show a, you. It's just, just it's, another tool. It's just a tool. I'll pay everyone to teach you how to use this. This is essentially <laughs> the, the gist of this scenario. But what about my girlfriend? Take her with you. I'll pay for her. I'll pay for it. No problem. It's really not about the money. <laughs> That was like his
0: final thing. I wanted to jump through the screen and like, beat him you to death. Asshole! <laughs> there are people out there struggling <laughs> to get creative work, and, you, and this guy just throws it at your feet, and you're like, R-r-r-r. beat him to death. <laughs> yeah. So right off the bat, I'm against this guy. <laughs> i don't want him to succeed i'm like fuck i'll take that job
1: it's like i hope you fail at everything you ever do shit i've quit the podcast game right now (laughs) work for dr turk oh yeah yeah we're making tons of cash doing this yeah yeah (laughs) this fast-paced podcast game
0: yeah you know when it rains it pours i guess so the next scene when it rains it pours (laughs) yeah because this guy's got a lot of troubles because the very next girlfriend's like hey I'm pregnant, and then his he gives the best boyfriend response. Oh yeah, yeah. So textbook for all our female listeners out there. How would you react if you just found out that you were pregnant? You're having morning sickness, and you have
1: you you all these fears. You're extremely vulnerable. The father doesn't
0: have work. He, he just no turned job. down a million. He just turned down job. a million dollar job. <laughs> And then you go to him, you say, I'm pregnant. Oh,
1: shit. Fuck! <laughs> Is that all you have to say? Yeah, then he goes... And then he goes, well, what do you want me to
0: say? I'm not ready for this. <laughs> what are the ass Yep, yep. I'm supposed to be rooting for you? <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> all right, so after all this BS with the party, everybody goes home. We're presented with the most famous scene from this movie that was in the trailer. It's where Dr. Turk... And our hero guy, we, they go up to the roof to see what the hell is going on. And we get this shot that's in the trailer. Like, the question of the week was, what's a movie that had a great trailer, but the movie didn't cut the mustard? I'm tossing Skyline on top yeah, of that list. Because yeah, this, this movie had a pretty cool teaser trailer. This movie has a really iconic image where where most UFO movies, it's like when someone's getting abducted, there's like a tractor beam and it's like pulling them up. In this movie, it's like the the spaceship has like a vacuum or something in it. And it's just like... Just sucks everybody up off the ground. It looks interesting, but I want
1: to say what really makes this effect is the the subtle screaming of the crowd.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I made a note about that. In the trailer, they had the screaming of the crowd like really loud, like, ah! In this, this it's very subdued because it's it's very far away. You can't even hear them screaming. And I was like, oh my God, that totally takes the impact away from this. It does. Completely.
1: Yeah, it does. It didn't make it as intense or terrifying.
0: Yeah, like I remember when I first saw the trailer, like it gave me chills when I saw those people getting sucked up and hearing them screaming. It's amazing how something so simple as like the volume of a sound effect can make or break a scene. If I don't
1: hear human beings screaming, I mean, that's the only emotional connection I have. If you take that away, I just have an image.
0: This movie suffers with a problem that's really prevalent with movies these days, where I've heard a lot of people talking about this, so I'm just going to bring it up, and I'm sure you've heard people discussing about this concept, yeah. whereas a lot of the movies that are coming out these days, instead of them being about people, they're just a series of events. They're just things that happen in a series. Then this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened, and then that happened. And this movie is a really prime example of that. It's just a series of things with no emotional backbone to any of it.
1: Actually, am gra- like, really glad that you brought that up because it's almost as if they know that their target audience has no attention span for emotional development for content so they just need to continue feeding them exciting events over and over and over and lead them through to the end and then they leave the
0: a great comment that i heard someone say recently where it's like the movie exists as an ad for itself it only exists to get you into the theater and once they got you in there they're like we don't give a shit you're here you paid There's a bunch of stuff enjoy At this point, we find out that the main guy is sick. Like, the black illness is, like, spreading all over his chest. And then the aliens send down this probe looking for them. And I wrote down specifically, I feel no tension. A scene that's supposed to be really tense with this, like, squid tentacle alien thing looking around for people and it's, like, grabbing, snatching people out of their houses and stuff. I I I just didn't care.
1: I didn't feel anything. And I know that I should have felt tense, nervous, a little bit of anxiety. It should be scary.
0: This is a major... Major problem. This is our first encounter with the aliens, and I feel nothing at all. There's something really wrong here because you and I, we are the main demographic for this.
1: Absolutely, you know, yeah. like we
0: we love sci-fi crap. You know, we'll we'll watch anything to have our first encounter with the aliens, and I just sit there stone-faced and emotionless. There's something really wrong here. All right, so it's about this point we find out that Dr. Turk's girlfriend finds out that he's been cheating on her with his assistant, and she's really upset about it. She's so angry. She's like, "Oh, you." pig, you cheated on me, blah, 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 blah. Listen, the world is coming to an end outside your window. There's an alien spaceship hovering like a couple feet away from you. There's bigger things to worry about than your boyfriend kiss another girl. They see that all the spaceships are only hovering over the land and none of them are on the water. And Dr. Turk says that he has a boat. So they're like, let's go to the marina. Let's take the boat. get the hell out of here. They're like, okay, fine. Great plan. They get into a car and they they split up into two teams, two different cars. I'm thinking to myself, this is like 30 minutes in or whatever. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm really glad Dr. Turk has survived this long. I love this guy. I hope he survives. Because, you know, super cliche. Everybody knows about that. They always kill off the black guy. But I'm like, you know what? He's like practically the lead. He's he's the only actual actor. Yeah, and he's the only and he's the only well-known guy. So I'm like, he's got to be bulletproof. They drive out of their car, and Doctor Turk is the first one to drive out. He's in like this Porsche. He drives his car at top speed out of the garage, and then instantaneously, <laughs> a giant alien foot comically crushes <laughs> his car. Right, and I'm like, oh my god, is that <laughs> that's how they're gonna kill Doctor Turk off with a stupid jump scare? No, no, no. He survives. No. He rolls out. The car is completely crushed flat, and they lift it the alien lifts it up and shakes it out and then Dr. Turk flops Plops out of it without a scratch. out of like, how is anything going to survive? It looked like a building fell on top of it. How is he going to survive that? But he falls out of without a scratch. The
1: car, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. The car wasn't even recognizable.
0: It's flattened like a pancake. Right. Where was he? I don't know where he was that he yeah, survived. Yeah, where did he come out of? And then it didn't even matter because uh, he tried to escape and he got sucked up by one of the aliens' tentacles. And
1: yeah, I mean, it looks like he was just kind of eaten whole.
0: And it's around this time that we find out what the hell it is the aliens want. Usually, Usually you'd think the aliens, they want, like, they come for resources, right? They want our land, they want our water. That's logical, right?
1: Yeah, they're very imperialistic. Yeah,
0: in that Cowboys and Aliens movies, they want gold. Yeah. That's what they're here for. Yeah. So in this movie, they're in for something a little different. (laughs) First off, let's talk about the alien design. The aliens are this kind of weird mixture of, see if you can picture this at home. Try to imagine the head of the alien from Independence Day, you know, with that kind of flared out sides and all that. Imagine that head attached to the... squid tentacles. From From the the Matrix. Yeah, of the sentinels from the Matrix. That's what, like, the main kind of, like, scout aliens look like. And and they have all these tentacles, and they fly around, and they grab people, and they grab this one guy, and they they crack his skull open like a coconut. And and just suck his brain out. slurp his brains out.
1: A very strange thing happens when they remove these brains. Like, essentially, the entire brain stem, the spinal cord, is completely intact. Nothing is destroyed about it. And then it starts to glow. Yeah,
0: it's because it becomes luminescent.
1: Like, like, it's a jellyfish. It's really
0: weird. But then we see that uh, somebody drives their car into the alien and like essentially kills it. But then the alien grabs a brain and puts it into itself and it kind of uses it as a battery source. Yeah, really weird. And and repires itself. So, And usually if you have a really talented screenwriter and director and all these people and you can come up with a kind of a plot where the aliens come to Earth and they're like, okay, fine. We're stealing people's brains. You could be okay not knowing. You could just say to yourself, okay, they're aliens. I'll never understand what it is they're doing. But in this movie, because we have absolutely no emotional connection to the characters, we don't care if they live or die, our our minds are left to wander because we're we're practically, pretty much we're bored half the time we're watching this movie. So our minds are left to wander and and nitpick. Like, all right, why the hell do they want brains?
1: What are they possibly going to use it for? Is it a power source? Are they eating
0: them? They're that advanced that they come to this world and all they're 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 after is brains? brains? That seems to be a kind of silly end game because, I mean, there's only so many people on the planet planet. And once they're all gone, what do they do then? Go on to the next human world? I mean, do they have scouts that are seeking out brains? Well, any brain do? Animals? You know, it's like it it just goes on and on like that. Like, that is not the kind of thoughts you want. We were talking about it, and this movie, when you boil it down, this movie is essentially like a special effects reel. Right. It's, I don't know, hour and a half tech demo. What did I say to you at the end? You said that this was, this looked like it was somebody's master thesis. Somebody who just graduated from like special effects school.
1: That's what I felt like I just watched because the story was secondary
0: yeah it was minimal at best it was minimal but more
1: than minimal it was secondary the most important thing to these people were the special effects
0: so after all this stuff with the brains and all that we we meet up with another surviving member in the building and it's like uh, he's like the doorman or a bodyguard or, or something and he joins their group this guy has got to be among the worst actors we have seen in the history of of this show so- bar none he is the worst it's it was unreal how bad this guy was. I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, like, this is really poor. But again, the the, the directors don't care. They just want to show special effects. They don't care about who they cast. Right. They could have gotten anybody off the street. Which is kind of what yeah. they did. Yeah. So then they run back up to their hotel room and uh, we see what I would say is the coolest scene in this movie. And it, it doesn't even involve any of the aliens. They're looking out the window and the alien spaceship looks like it's like five miles away and they're looking at it through the telescope and the U.S. government has shown up and they shoot all their drones at the spaceship and what ensues is like this cool firefight in the air where it was very Independence Day. All the drones are flying around, they're fighting the alien spaceships. And then there's like a stealth bomber in the mix. And it makes it through. Like it, it avoids narrowly getting hit. And at the last second, it fires a nuke right at the alien spaceship. And it blows up this thermonuclear detonation right there in the middle of uh, LA.
1: They're viewing this from, it looked like five miles away.
0: Yeah, like they were close enough to the spaceship that they could clearly see it from their window. And they blew up a nuclear weapon. And when they blew it up, this guy is staring at it through a telescope. He's Not only that, it.
1: but everybody in the room is looking towards the window. The light is burning. Blinding.
0: Yeah, so this uh, nuclear weapon goes off. So if the aliens don't kill them, the radiation is going to do them in. Which right? is interesting
1: because they brought that up. Also, they brought up the radiation killing them, which I thought was great. Did the windows even blow out? No, they didn't. What strikes me as even odder is that they weren't blinded. Their vision wasn't affected at all.
0: Yeah, so they blew up the spaceship and it, and it collapses down to Earth. But then it turns out, uh-oh, apparently it starts repairing itself. So it was all for nothing.
1: It's at this time that the protagonist really starts to get bothered. He's like, listen, and a nuclear weapon just went off. If we're not killed by these aliens, we'll get killed by the fallout. We can't stay here anymore. There's an altercation. And this is kind of weird. This scene is a little strange. There's an altercation between the doorman and the protagonist. And it's at this point where he has a very visible appearance of, like, his arteries uh, coming yeah, like,
0: through his skin. and it looks, given- it looks like he manifested the effects. The effects of the light. Yeah, like his rage kind of brought out the effects of the light.
1: And it makes him extraordinarily strong. Like superhuman strength. And he lifts the man up with one hand by his neck off the floor. And this bodyguard, this guy is big. He's got to be like 250 pounds. So
0: let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Aliens come down to Earth. Their master plan is to collect human brains. And the way that they get people is by they shine this light. People are mesmerized. It makes them easy to grab and they snatch them up. So apparently this light gives people superpowers. Why would they do that? Yeah, that's it. I mean, (laughs) it seems counterproductive to me
1: to give your your prey super human strength. <laughs> Extremely counterproductive.
0: And, and it's ridiculous. So again, like these these screenwriters, they they write this little wrinkle in to the plot. It has no bearing whatsoever on anything at all, right? Oh, this seems like a cool thing. Let's just throw it in there. It's just a thing after one thing after another after another, right? This right, is, right. sounds cool. Let's do it. This begs the question, like, if this Joker is getting powers, then at least like 200 other people in LA have, must be getting strong as well, right? It's around this point where the, the United States government shows up, like the Coast Guard or whatever. They come, <laughs> the Coast Guard. I, Know, the reserves. They, they show up and A
1: rescue swimmer
0: jumps onto the alien. <laughs> yeah, and tries to- yeah, the Girl Scouts show up and they, they fight the alien spaceship. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like they, they come in their helicopter and, and, and it gets batted down by the the giant alien and like I just didn't care. I I, I was I totally checked out. I just don't understand how a movie that's so loud and has so much stuff going on, so much expensive special effects could be so damn boring. Like, what's going on here? You know what? This this is the perfect movie that they should show in film school as like inspiration for students to be like, you know what? Even with these tight constraints, you can make something pretty cool. They should also show it as like a cautionary tale. Be careful with these special effects because if you let them run 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 wild, wild, they'll consume you and you'll end up with this completely bland. Zero.
1: dimensional yeah, story. Then that's just no-
0: completely devoid of anything of value. Yeah, amazing. This is this movie is really baffling.
1: Like I just said, it's really unique. I've never really experienced anything like it. I, I'm hesitant to call it a movie. I'm, I'm actually going to go that far and I'm going to say that I'm hesitant to call this a movie. It's not including the audience.
0: No, it's not. It didn't need us to be there. They were too busy fiddling around like with this, Maya. I mean, I,
1: I, I don't, I, I hate to say this about it, but it was almost masturbatory. This movie was no, like yeah, a visual that's masturbation. That's perfect.
0: You know, so like if I, I've said that before about other movies, like if they're just going to sit there and jerk off the whole time, then why do I need to
1: be there? I don't want to watch that. They they don't care if you watch it. Yeah, I don't need to be there. They they didn't even
0: really care if you were there. So it's at this point where our two leads, the pregnant girl and our hero, it's sucked up by the aliens and they're in the tractor beam. And as they're going up, they do one last
1: kiss. I forgot that happened. I forgot they even kissed each other. You know why? Because I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they get sucked up to the spaceship. The hero brain gets ripped out of his body in a like, pretty comical way yeah comical fan they, they throw his body in the toilet like it falls into like this blue pool it's like <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason this guy's brain is red whereas everybody else's is blue, blue yeah and they put his brain into like a Robo the biotech Robo thing Android instead of powering the alien device, it this takes guy over. takes over. So his brain inside a robot killing machine, and he is now half man, half robo cyborg or, or some crap. And he runs up and he saves his wife. And the movie ends with him. still images of him like fighting the robots or some crap. When, when this movie ended and the credits rolled, we both were like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's it? This is how this movie's gonna end? <laughs> No resolution to anything. (laughs) Nothing is solved. What was the point of any of that? Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Concept of his brain being put into a robot shell. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm like, I'm okay with that. This whole idea should have been the end of act two. I agree with you. And then we would have seen him as a robot in act three, actually fighting and defeating the aliens. I'm going to say that this movie didn't actually start until the end. And the movie that we actually want to see hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So the movie that we want is going to be Skyline 2. And we just watched this stupid teaser trailer.
1: So there you go. That's uh, Skyline. (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, Martin, let's find out what the real critics have to say about Skyline. How this managed not to go direct to DVD and actually get a wide distribution rather than just a handful of theaters is one of 2010's Great Cinematic Mysteries. James Berardinelli, Real Views. Skyline plays like an effects guru's resume reel, not a movie. Roger Moore, Orlando Sentinel. It's finally here, the most boring alien invasion movie ever. Joe Newmeyer, New York Daily News. So Martin, Skyline currently holds a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad?
1: Yeah, this movie's horrible. I, I wouldn't want to watch it. I wouldn't suggest anybody watch it. I hesitate to call it a movie. This plays like like a uh, special effects resume reel. It's it, it, It's not an actual movie. So, I mean, I'm going to give it a one out of five. I guess, as far as movies go. Ouch!
0: Yeah, this movie is really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. Like, that teaser trailer was very cool. You could have made something pretty impressive. Like I said before, I'm the key demographic.
1: That's the other reason I gave it such a low score. I mean, for me, I'm a shoe in As far as, like, sci-fi, alien-related movies go, yeah. I'm going to bump you up a star, if anything. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, f- For you to let me down so thoroughly, yeah, shame
0: on you. I'm willing to be lenient on this sort of thing, but man, this movie is just a letdown. It's so dull. It's so boring. The characters are one-dimensional. You don't care about anything that's going on. And then when it's over, you're like, what was the point of that? Like what was the point of any of this? Looking back, I almost saw this in theaters back in 2010. Like Dodge I
1: dodged that one.
0: Yeah, wow. I really dodged the bullet. Like, man, this movie is really poor. And and they're going to make a sequel? Like, no <sighs> thanks, you know. And these are the guys who directed Aliens first Predator 2. So, you think, okay, right, we'll give them a chance. Now they're going to do their own material. Right. Maybe they'll do something amazing. No, they really let me down here. This is really bad. So as for, as for me, I almost want to give this a two, but there's too much responsibility. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't let some poor kid walk, walk, accidentally walk into this one. Oh man, two ones in a row. I, I would never have thought that I get to the point in my life where I actually miss Catwoman. <laughs> okay, Mario, we got some voicemails. I'll play that for you right now to listen
1: to your messages, press 1. Hi guys, this is Laura from Hubbardston, Massachusetts and I just finished watching Skyline and I have to tell you, I watched some of it and then I had to pause, you know, pause for the cause and I go out and do my thing and then I looked at Facebook and about 20 minutes went by and I realized, oh wait I have that movie on and it was so boring and unengaging that I had forgotten all about it. So I kind of went back grudgingly and, and this whole movie was just such a big bore that I barely wanted to watch it from start to finish, but it was pretty darn boring. Goodbye. Hey guys, you know me, it's JV, and I'm from Bristol, P.A. One day I sat down in front of the Netflix thing and uh turned it on. Like usual I went to see what new movies are on and I was like, Oh look, Skyline I think I kinda wanted to see that so I you know turned it on and there, lo and the behold, Netflix thought I would like it. Netflix also thinks I would like Transformers. And I did. Anyway, Skyline, I will be happy to say I did not like. I gave it two stars on Netflix's five star scale. But, you know, the effects weren't that bad, um, or at least I bought into them. Then again, I did buy into gigantic robots standing next to buff not wanting to crush him. Hey guys, Shan from Oak Hill. I just got done, literally just minutes got done watching Skyline. I thought the special effects were actually pretty good. I cannot believe that it cost as much, but as low as it was, and how great the visuals looked. It looked like, like a movie that was probably at least triple the budget of it. I'm going to say the biggest problem with this movie was, I didn't care about any of the characters. They were all strictly one no characters. It just was just funny how they would spend their time to even during alien invasion, F- about... The stupid stuff. I mean, you can have all the best visuals in the world, but if you don't have a decent script, it doesn't really mean anything. I would just prefer watching watch Independence Day again. End
0: of message. Thanks for those emotional, guys. Thanks, guys. Okay, Martin, let's read some listener mail. Mike writes in and says, I decided to play along for the first time and watch Skyline. I honestly thought it was a low-budget Independence Day meets The Matrix. I'd probably have enjoyed it more if it was shot in a more grindhouse exploitation theme. Sit Nalta writes in and says, coincidentally, I had watched RoboCop 3 and Skyline on the same day a few weeks ago. Why? Ouch. Skyline was just awful. It was boring and pointless. I could see the germ of a good idea, namely an alien horde using human beings as raw materials for its machinery, but none of that came across. Instead, we got a stupid parade of monsters that cartoonishly popped brains in and out like they were fashionable hats. As for RoboCop 3, I don't know what the hell you two are talking about, we couldn't have seen the same movie because the RoboCop 3 I saw machine gunned a RoboCop-shaped hole into my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Timothy writes in and says, Robocop 3 wasn't even horrible. It was just dull, with the action and the story itself deeply compromised by its PG-13 rating. There are bits where you can see it might have been good, or at least entertainingly bad, if the budget and direction had been up to Frank Miller's ideas, but felt too cheaply produced and indifferently directed for what it tried to accomplish. So bits that were clearly written to be satiric or witty, i.e. Robocop shooting a Robocop-shaped hole, just looked stupid. Looking at IMDb, it seems to have pretty much killed Fred Decker's career. A lot of what you complained, commented about are classic Frank Miller tropes. The preternaturally talented tween age girl is Carrie Kelly's Robin from The Dark Knight Returns. The Robo Ninja and Japanese Corporation are Miller's career long love of Japanese culture, his run on Daredevil and Ronin. And the funny, menacing displays of martial prowess, like shooting guns out of people's hands and keeping them flying and shooting a Robocop shaped hole in a door, are another career long love of his, Sin City. Those gunplay tricks also allow them to have action scenes without excessive and bloody deaths. So if they annoy you, blame the decision to go for a PG-13 rating. Okay, Laura writes in and says, I'm trying to slog my way through Robocop 3 before I listen to your podcast, but it's tough. It's got all the dark violence, minus the gore of its predecessors, with none of the wit and brains behind it. I love how they play suicide for yucks. <laughs> it's funny seeing some of the recognizable cast like CCH Pounder and Steven Root emote their way through this dog. And I'm on the lookout for goofs, such as when you can see Robocop's torso move as the actor takes a breath in one scene. (laughs) 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 Or when the plate glass window shatters moments before Robocop walks through it. So Aaron writes in, he's calling you out, Martin. Oh yeah? Yeah. I was listening to back episodes, specifically Vanilla Sky and 2012. And I was wondering, if 2012 ended with John Cusack opening his eyes and the whole movie had been a dream, he shudders and turns to pick up the phone. He frantically dials the phone number. Yes, it's John. John Cusack. I had a horrible nightmare that 2012 was a piece of shit. The voice on the other end replies, John, don't worry. It's going to be amazing. saw the trailer it was dynamite would that have made it better it was just a dream endings are cop-out pieces of garbage and i was surprised at the way you sucked vanilla sky off i only saw it once when it came out maybe i need to rewatch it i think a good category for an episode would be worst movie by a great director you want to see a movie that has a it was just a dream ending that are really make you want to kill people like it was so bad like you'll probably kill yourself in the process check out stay starring ewan mcgregor Uh But what do you have to say about that, that it was just all a dream?
1: Was that directed at me? Yeah, I'm calling you out.
0: <laughs> you agreed with me. No, no, I'm, I'm above this. <laughs> Shut up,
1: <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> That's not what made that movie good. It wasn't the ending of the movie that made it interesting. And, and it also, the ending was also left open to interpretation. Uh, was it a dream? Was he being woken up from being in that frozen cryogenic state? Uh, Was it even real? Was it just a side effect of some type of hallucinogenic drugs that he was on? There's there's a lot of different interpretations to it, but what made that movie great was the acting, the story, and the overall message uh, and motifs that were filled in. That's what made that movie powerful.
0: Adrian writes in and says, Great review of One Missed Call. My wife and I saw this in the theater and laughed uncontrollably 90% of the time. I noticed one particular absent from your review. The cat that is snatched into the pond at the beginning. Why did the ghost kill the cat? Did it receive a one miss call? No, no I, th- I, thought the, I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. I was like, why did that ghost murder that cat? Why was that ghost murdering anybody? What was the point of any of this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that I, movie was we, so, we, yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for logic in one miss call. <laughs> All right, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to reach us, you can contest us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week. And the question of the week was, can you name a movie that had an excellent trailer, but the movie itself was bad? And once again people seem to really like this topic because there was a ton of responses. So, Let me just uh, fly through these as fast as I can. L writes in and says, the trailer for Dark Water was excellent, but when I saw it in theaters, I was really disappointed. The trailer made the film look creepy, scary, horror like The Ring, but it wasn't that. It was more of a character study drama with a creepy mood and atmosphere than a horror film. It also didn't help that I got bored watching the movie. I felt it dragged and didn't have a good place. What a shame. JV writes in and says, any of these films that came out from toy lines in my childhood, cases in point, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, any Transformers movies, and Speed Racer. Tyson said, Iron Man 2. The movie was honestly pretty good, but the trailer made it look like it was going to be phenomenal. Aaron writes in and says, the remake of Clash of the Titans had an amazing trailer and then took a steaming hot dump on the original. And anyone unfortunate enough to watch this piece of shit. (laughs) Anonymous says, X-Men The Last Stand. The theatrical trailer was unfathomably epic and got me so excited for the movie. When the trailer ended and Jean Grey begging Logan to kill her, I almost stood up in excitement. The final product was a steaming pile of crap. First Quaid Kit says, <laughs> best name ever. First Quaid Kit says, Tron Legacy had a fun little trailer, but oh, did that movie suck. That was such a good trailer. Tron yeah. Legacy. God, that trailer is a thousand times better than... God, that movie has so many problems. <laughs> There's a digital bum. All right. All right. We got to... you I really going to talk about this? I can't talk about that digital bum. Let's move on. Anonymous said, Kick-Ass had a great trailer and promo material, but when I saw it... ah." <sighs> Ryan the Movie Guy says, The Darjeeling Limited, an excellent trailer. Five out of five. I would watch it anytime it showed up on DVD. The movie itself, three out of five in my opinion. Still good, but far inferior to the trailer. And the short film Hotel Chevalier was a piece of garbage. Little Dave says, not, not really a trailer, but more of a 15 and 30 second TV spot for Freddy versus Jason. They were amazing. Made the movie look like Freddy was fighting Jason for 90 minutes. <laughs> Branchito Bandito says, I remember my freshman year in college seeing the Star Wars Episode One trailer and about having an orgasm. Watching it, I'm not sure what the opposite of an orgasm is, but I'm sure I had one of those. Iggy Star says, I think you guys are missing the point. Every disappointing movie, every movie worthy of being reviewed on your podcast is preceded by a trailer expertly crafted to fool the audience into thinking it's going to be awesome. I have a theory if the guy that cuts the trailers made or at least edited the actual movie, we'd have a lot less crappy movies. There are almost too many trailers falling into this category, but I'll pick Alien Resurrection because it held out hope that my favorite movie series would be revived, only to suck. Thanks for those responses, guys. Okay, as for this week's question of the week, in honor of Skyline being such a special effects heavy movie, yet failing to deliver on all fronts, Can you think of a movie that is extremely special effects heavy, yet it delivers the goods? Like everything else of it is good. Like the acting is good. The story is good you think of anything like that? I really liked Abyss. And, okay. And I, I think that, that was pretty
1: special effects heavy. How about Sphere? I did not like Sphere. <laughs> that was very Samuel L. Jackson heavy. How about Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> hey, yeah. All right, there you go. That had a ton of effects. That had a ton of special effects. And that was, that was very good.
0: All right, so what's a movie that you can think of that is really heavy on the special effects, yet it's still a really good movie? Now it's time to announce the winner of the listener's choice poll. And the choices were The Day After Tomorrow versus Pandorum. Pandorum. It was a Quaid off. Made the best Quaid, Quaid. And the winner is... The Day After Tomorrow. Oh boy, we get to see the, the world's greatest dad, Dennis Quaid, outrunning snow or wolves. Or- this was the movie that set the bar
1: for what a father needs to be. Yeah, And hopefully maybe someday when, maybe- I, when I become a father... I could be as good a father as Dennis Quinn the day after tomorrow. You sit
0: your father down and make him watch this movie. Like, Dad, you need to take notes.
1: Dad, it's too late for us. But... <laughs> it's too late for us, but I think you need to know what you failed miserably at doing. I'll sit him down. <laughs> he writes me out of the will, like right there. He just pulls it out and just writes me out. <laughs>
0: Okay, so tune in next week and we will be watching The Day After Tomorrow. And if you've already seen The Day After Tomorrow, and I know a lot of you have seen this thing, please leave us a voicemail at 973-797-9324. Call us up, leave us a little mini review, and we will play it on the show. Okay. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We've been hovering at a 4.5 rating for like months now. I really want to break this five-star barrier. So please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. These reviews really do help out the show.
1: And for everybody out there, that hasn't hit like on Facebook yet. <laughs> Joel is aching in pain for every person that listens to this podcast and doesn't hit the like button on Facebook. He can feel it. it and it's keeping him up at night. He's sweating profusely an emptiness at work. There's in
0: my soul when I realize that so many people have not clicked the like button. So ever, ever since I made my proclamation, many, many people have uh, entered my good graces and clicked the like button. They're the chosen few. The elite guard... <laughs> What the hell I'm talking about? The elite guard? <laughs> what are you like making an army? They're my heralds. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Yeah, anyway, what I'm trying to say is head on over to YesThatBad.com. Click the like button Not on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at YeahIt'sBad. No, but seriously though, you should click that like button because we're going to do some cool stuff with that in the future. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. If they ever decide to make an extreme Ghostbusters movie, the guy who is the hero in Skyline needs to play the role of Eduardo because he looks exactly like him. Are you actually gonna leave that in this episode?
1: Yeah, I can't even fucking believe you actually brought that up on us.
0: And maybe this will be the outtake.
1: Yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs>